Welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope you enjoy this message and we pray that it blesses you. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz. Awesome. All right, so I'm tag team preaching with Jack tonight. I'm pretty excited. Um, We're speaking on baptism. Hands up if you know what baptism is. Yep, cool. Not every hand, so that means I'm going to serve a purpose tonight, which is good. <laughs> um, so baptism. Man, baptism is something that I'm, I'm so passionate about. I remember the day I got baptized. I think I was about six years old, and I, was like, I just made that decision in my heart. I'm like, I want to get baptized, and I remember getting dunked under the water. And um, yeah, it was, it was kind of scary, but it was a great thing. Um, but I want to start right back at the beginning of the story tonight, and the story starts right back in Genesis. starts with um, the perfect picture of what living in relationship with God looked like. We have Adam and Eve in Genesis living with God, and they lived in relationship with Him. Relationship is a good thing. And, um, and as we all know, the story goes, sin came in and entered the garden. Pretty quickly, God and man were separated. But God came up with this redemptive plan to bring back his creation, bring back his sons and daughters to himself. And so he was relentlessly pursuing us, which is a good thing, right? Yeah. Um, Support me, guys. I'm a Pentecostal preacher, as our leader leader Adam White would say, so I need some help. I need some help. Um, So then Jesus came and he died on the cross and he rose to life. And while he was here, he showed us how to live. He showed us how to treat others. He showed us what it was to live in a relationship with God. And then we see um, in the Bible that he gets baptized. And, um, and there's two things I want to pull out. Jesus, before he left, he installed what we call ordinances. And ordinance is an old-fashioned word. Um, ordinance is basically a fancy word for like a a religious practice. So before Jesus left earth, he gave us two religious practices to follow. We know one of them is communion. Communion is breaking uh, the bread and and drinking the wine. Um, If you're a cool church, you drink wine. (laughs) Man, we need to be more cool. We need to be more cool. (laughs) And Jesus says that communion is, is proclaiming the death of Christ until the day he comes. So essentially, communion is sharing in the victory of Christ. But I want to come at the angle tonight on baptism, that baptism is much the same. Baptism is sharing in the victory of Christ. The Bible says that if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. That's a good word. So baptism is a sign of, of, of that picture, of becoming a new creation with God. The word baptize comes from the Greek word baptizo. You want to say baptizo. Say it like an Italian person. Baptizo. And that word um, basically means to dip, to sink, to submerge, or my favorite one, to be dunked. Yeah. And it's, basically it's a symbolic act of dying to Christ. It's a, um, it's a symbolic act of dying to our old self and coming alive again in Christ. Acts 2.38 says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So baptism is an outward sign of our inward commitment. 
You guys like that? Baptism is an outward expression of our inward commitment with God. And, and baptism alone doesn't save, but it's like, it's that public declaration in front of everyone that, you know what, like, I'm going to take this, this, this relationship with God to another level. Can I read some Bible tonight? I'm going to do that. Romans, man, I love this thing, eh? I need to read it more. Don't tell anyone. We all need to read it more. Have you guys seen this thing? You guys know what this is? No, joking. Here we go, Romans. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin, and how can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we too may have, may live a new life. If we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with. And we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Amen. And that's an amazing scripture. That kind of just is my word right there. That's baptism right there. So if you think about the physical act of baptism, I've been thinking about this this week. When Christ died, we know that Christ went into the grave. And it's very much the same um, symbolic thing that what happens when we are plunged into the water. It's like we are dying with Christ. It's a physical representation of Christ dying on the cross. And that verse says, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? But then the next thing that happens is you're brought out of the water. And who knows that when Jesus died, he just didn't stay dead. He rose again three days later. That's a good thing. You guys should all be cheering at that. Come on. <laughs> and so we're brought out of the water representing that Christ was victorious. And that just as Christ was victorious, so we're being raised to life with him. And that verse says, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. So when we're baptized, I, I believe that we are baptized into the victory of Christ. And who knows that the scripture says the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. That same resurrection power. That's a good thing. So baptism then isn't just a physical act of dying to our old self. It's not just a symbolic act of what Christ did. When we're baptized, we're celebrating his victory. And I also believe that baptism is a commitment of dying to Christ every day. When we're baptized, we're saying, God, I'm taking that next step in my relationship with you. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to live wholeheartedly for you. And the Bible says, take up your cross and follow me. And so being baptized is that, like, that, that thing saying, like, I'm going I'm to follow you no matter what the cost is. I'm going to pick up my cross every day. But lastly tonight, I believe um, that baptism is also a prophetic act. It's an act of stepping into the victory he won for us. And I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you've been through, what you're struggling with. But I can take great hope myself that I can step into the victory that Christ has for me. That, that God has a victory for me, that God won the victory 2,000 years ago. And so when I'm baptized, when I'm constantly taking up my cross daily, I know that I'm stepping into the victory that God has for me. 
And I want to encourage you with this verse from Matthew 5, 14 to 16 in the message version. It's one of my favorite verses. It says this. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept, and we're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand, and now that I've put you there on a hilltop on a light stand, shine. Keep open house, be generous with your lives, and by opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. That's a great word, eh? And I believe this is what baptism is. It's like we're not ashamed of our faith, but we're going public with this. And, and baptism is that, is that public act of saying, God, I, I, I want to be with you. I want to I live for you, and I want I want to do this wholeheartedly. But baptism says in Revelation that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So my last point tonight is that when we're baptized, I believe we are prophesying the victory of Christ onto the lives of those around us. And what I mean by that is when we're baptized, when we take that step in our journey with God and we say, you know what, I want to live for you wholeheartedly. I want to serve you. I want to follow you. I want to take up my cross daily. When we do that, it's an example to others. And, and that very testimony of us taking that next step, and that's prophesying God's victory onto the lives of others. Amen. Awesome. So I'm now going to hand over to my good friend, Jack. Um, he's got a beard and he's a great guy. I love you, Jack. Come up here and take the mic off me. Man, isn't Sam awesome? So awesome. Sam's been in my life oh, a few years now and man, he's one of my best friends, eh? Uh, just a quick note, I was just thinking while I was sitting there and listening to him, man, your Bible is huge, um, is that get good people around you. Um, get good friends around you, people that encourage you, lift you up, do life of you, there for you in the lowest of lows and in the highest of highs. So if you're here tonight and you don't have that person in your life or you're looking for them, people in your life, then I'll be that person to you. And um, I'm sure most people in this church would like to spend some time with you. So Sam, you're awesome. Make some noise for Sam again. And the word that he brought this morning, this morning, tonight, Man, three services a day goes to your head, doesn't it? Um, my name is Jack, and um, I'm on staff here, just like Sam. I run Young Adults, which is it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. Um, I just want to share with, with you about family. Um, family is really important. Um, that's the reason why we're here, because someone made you at some point, hopefully. I don't, I don't think you came from an egg, hopefully not, is that... We come from a family. No, we all come from a family. We all have a story. Some of those stories are filled with joy and some are filled with sorrow. Some are filled with laughter and others are filled with tears. But regardless of them stories, we all have them. We all have a family and the family we have where love was given or if love was withheld helps shape how we are, how we act and and even how we become. (laughs) But I want to tell you tonight that isn't finished there. That regardless if you had the best parents in the world, or you had, I know, some parents that didn't show you love, didn't hold you when you were needed to be held, didn't, didn't care for you when you were asked to be cared for, it doesn't finish there. You may share similar traits as your family, but you're called to represent God. You're actually part of God's family. 
Romans 3.23 says this, For all have sinned and fallen or fell short of the glory of God. God is the father to the fatherless. He is the father of all fathers. He's the mother of all mothers. He is the king. He is the best example that we have of what it means to have a good father. He's the best example of what it means, even if we had a great father, he's even better than that. When we look to him, when we read his word, when we trust um, what he's got, when we journey with him, we'll find out who we actually are. You know, in the beginning, we were created in God's image. In the beginning, we were created and we were called sons and daughters. But there came a time, as Sam shared about in Genesis, when we turned away. When we turned away from God. God didn't turn away from us. We turned away from him. And we just decided to choose a life because we thought that we could do life better on our own. We thought that we had it all sorted. But Jesus, the Son of God, came, died and rose again for us to have the honor and the privilege to once again be called sons and daughters of God. <laughs> and as we know now, or you, some of you may know here, we actually can't do it alone. And God created us and intended us to do life in relationship. He decided, he called us in the beginning, we walked hand in hand with God. And that was intended for the whole of eternity. And what actually Jesus did on the cross when he rose again was brought us back into that fact that we are called sons and daughters, that we are allowed and that we are part of God's family. Matthew 3, 16, 17 says this. I love this verse. When Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water and behold... The heavens opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, of whom I am well pleased. You know, in Jesus dying and exchanging sin for grace and and death to life, he died for us to be able to live in this ourselves. You see where it says, This is my Son, who I am well pleased with him. This is my daughter. This is my daughter sitting here tonight who I'm well pleased with. This is my son who I'm well pleased with. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, we were allowed to be able and have the honor to say this again. We have the honor to say, I am a son of God. I am a son of a father who loves me so much. I am a daughter of a God. I am a daughter of the creator of the universe. I'm a princess. This is my beloved daughter. In salvation... I believe, you know, you find a savior. But what I believe when it comes to baptism is that he actually died for more than that. He died for more than just saved you, to save you, but he actually wants to be part of all of your life. He actually wants to walk with you. He wants to do life with you. He wants you to represent who he is. He wants you to represent of what he did. I was 12 when I got baptized. I got baptized in this room. I had the honor and the privilege to be baptized by our old senior pastor, um, Christy Yaff and, and Glenn Fraser. And I remember that moment for the rest of my life. And that moment where I went down when I was dunked, as, as Sam said, and, and I came back up, I knew there was something different. I knew, there was, I knew something that had changed. And the reason why I knew that is because in that moment, what I was actually doing in front of everyone that came was confessing physically, emotionally, and spiritually that I want to live my life for Christ. That I want to live a life that people can look at and say, hey, what is different about you? 
What is different? What makes you so full of joy? That was the first time I used the word joy and freedom a lot. It was the first time that was actually prophesied over me. It was prophesied over me by Roger. Actually, Roger's here too. And, and Lynn and Peter, all the words that I got that day, I still remember. And in the times when I'm feeling the lowest of low, that is always what God reminds me of. He reminds me of that moment when I was baptized. He reminds me of that moment when I said, I'm doing this. You know, I'm living a life for Christ. I am not just looking for a savior. I am taking that savior to the world. I'm confessing that I am a son. I am confessing that I have a God that loved the world so much that he sent his one and only son for me to have life. You know, it's not easy. And it wasn't easy. I haven't had the most perfect life, life since I got baptized. But what is most beautiful about it is that I knew and I know all the way through it, through every hard time, through every single thing, is that fact that I'm living a life for Christ and that God loves me so much. And, and, and everything that has never been taken from me, I've never questioned the fact that Jesus died on the cross. And I really believe that comes. it comes from salvation, but I really believe when you step out and you say, I'm going to be baptized, in them lowest of lows, God will remind you of that, that decision, that commitment, that in front of everyone, that public display that you want to live a life of God. Is it good? Come on, make some noise. Come on, make some noise. I say that a lot, apparently. <laughs> you know, God's presence is real, and it's full of love and completely transformational. It is only in God's presence that we will find out who we really are. It takes what was broken and it brings healing. It takes what was lost and guides us to our rightful place in the Father. It satisfies the weary. It brings light to the darkness and pours out the refreshing rain of God's love on the driest and the deepest parts of our soul. That's what God does. That's what God's love for us did and does. Scripture contains story after story of God coming down to meet his children where they are. And your heavenly father has the same heart for you. He has the same intention for you. He wants to meet you where you are, but he also wants to call you up. In salvation, when you gave your life to God, he met you where you were and he said, Hey, how you going? <laughs> I've been here since the beginning. But that next step in that, and Jared even shared about this, is when you do that, when you you baptize and decide to do that publicly, it's like, I want to see God. I want to meet God because he met me. God doesn't always have to meet us. We can actually go and spend time with God too. That's the whole point that Jesus died on the cross so we could actually spend time with him. He longs to make the reality of his presence known to you. He longs to refresh you with his nearness. We were, actually in, we were actually created to encounter God. And if you're here tonight and this is the first time that you've heard this, you'll never be satisfied until you continue to live in an experience for which you were created. And that was to represent God. That was to be a son, a daughter of God. First Peter 4.16, and I love this, especially the word privilege, is praise God for the privilege of being in Christ's family and being called by his wonderful name. You know, do you know God sees you? He knows you by name. The Bible says that he even knew you before you were made. He knew you before you were knitted in your mother's womb. Just then again, praise God for the privilege of being in Christ's family and being called by his wonderful name. Baptism is a way of praise. It's a way of worship. It's our heart 
Worship's just our hearts connecting with God's heart. It's a public display of saying, I'm going to do this. You know, I see you as my family. I see you as the king. I see you as the father. There's something that I writ, and um, I'm just going to break it open and, and near closing. It's going to be on the screen, and it's this. There is nothing magical about the water, but there, it, there is in who created it and who made it possible. There's no magic in the water and the water of itself. The water itself doesn't actually change you. But there's extraordinary power and there's extraordinary hope in the one who makes the baptism possible. The one who transforms your heart from the outside in. It's God that changes you. It's God that gets rid of the old and gives you the new. God makes the water good. (laughs) Without God, it's just water. (laughs) With God, it's baptism. You know, Sam said this too. I love it. Another way to put this about that public display. You're here to be light, bringing out the God killers in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public of this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket. I love that line. You don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket. I don't even know how we can actually fit under a bucket, but hey, I'm, going to put in, I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Yeah, keep open house. Be generous with your lives. Be opening up to others. You'll prompt people to open up with God, the just generous Father in heaven. Tonight, guys, he isn't a God who separates himself. He isn't a God who separates himself in different sections of your life. You're created to have a continual and a very tangible, which is just a very close relationship with God. You're just called to spend time with him. You'll only find that consistent rest in his presence. When you're feeling low, when you feel the burdens of the world are on your shoulders, you'll only find hope in who God is and what he has done. You can try finding it somewhere else, but it will only last a moment. But God is the beginning and the end. He's the Alpha and he's the Omega.